Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on history.org. This is Behind the Scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. This time, I'm asking Stuart Pittman at Colonial Williamsburg. He is a military interpreter, and I understand you work mostly at the magazine. That's right. Doing what? For the most part, uh, I interpret uh, the military experience, uh, everything from the weaponry mm -hmm. um, to um, the, the history, um, the evolution of the militia throughout the colonial period, uh, the construction of the Continental Army. I noticed when you came in, uh, your rifle or musket, or however one properly says that, is not the usual color. No. Um, I brought with me today an example, um, a replica, of an Indian trade musket. This is a type of firearm that's being produced here in the colonies. It's um, inferior to anything that's coming out of Europe, the rifles, shotguns, the civilian hunting tools. Uh, it was basically here for trade with Native Americans. Um, it's, uh, it's painted blue. Now, we have a lot of the original inventories um, for the magazine, what was there. And there's one incident that took place um, shortly after Lord Dunmore fled Williamsburg involving um, a group of young men who called themselves the Boys' Company. Um, they... Um, pretty much went into the magazine and removed 50 um, Indian trade muskets. It says in the inventories that their stocks were painted blue. Most likely that was to cover up shoddy workmanship um, <laughs> or perhaps just to increase interest for Native Americans. I noticed you were being nice there when you said the boys' company went into... Uh, I will take it that what you would have said was broke into. Broke into, yeah, yes. Okay. I'm sure any one of them, and their captain was only 14 years old, would have said that they just went in rather than broke in. Uh -huh. And just happened to pick up these 50, what, muskets, I guess? Muskets, yeah. And, and carried them off. To what purpose? Essentially, um, they're, well, they're too young to be in the militia or the independent companies. Generally, you had to be more than 16 years of age. Um, they're very young, um, excited about the uh, political and military problems that were building up in 1775 um, and decided to take matters into their own hands, uh, quite literally. Um, there are a couple of accounts seeing these young men march around um, in Williamsburg and in many cases um, they're regarded as better at performing the manual of arms or operating the firearms than most of the adults that were coming in for militia duty. I would imagine that would be generally true. Boys take a more intense interest in doing what they're doing, and adults are not as focused, generally, I think. I would agree with that. Um, at the very least, it's better than doing chores. <laughs> and it's more fun. Mm -hmm. Now, one account I read of the boys' company said that uh, two or more I read two, I've also read three, of the boys who went in were injured. Does that jive with what you've... Uh, yes. Um, apparently there was um, a what's referred to as a spring gun that was loaded with shot that was aimed towards the door. That Anyone that would force the door would cause this firearm to discharge upon the, uh, the intruder. Um, it's kind of a low blow, actually, and... Um, a lot, of the, um, a lot of the city fathers um, wrote a great deal 
uh, about this, um, complaining to the governor about how um, the governor never, they blamed the governor for, for the spring gun. Um, and uh, basically, uh, they were just um, irritated that the governor didn't say anything to anyone about this. Um, obviously, the doors were locked, and the doors, when they were forced, and the gun fired. Um, it would have been very, very easy and to avoid the kind of injuries that, that occurred. I believe one, one young man lost a few fingers. Mm. Um, no one was so killed, though. No one was killed, no. Mm -hmm. you know, you've, in fiction, you're still having accounts of spring guns, at least into the 20th century, where you know, somebody breaks into a house or a bank or something or something and gets shot. Nobody's there. I mean, it's a, it's a booby it's trap. Booby trap. Yeah. I didn't know it started that early. <laughs> it may have been set up by um, um, one of Dunmore's agents. Could even have been set up by um, some of the sailors that were sent there to remove the gunpowder mm -hmm. um, earlier in April of 1775. But that would have meant that no one had been in the magazine for an extended period, right? Essentially, yes. Oh, okay. The, the magazine was... Um, wasn't really visited that often, particularly during peacetime. Yeah, but it was getting not very peaceable in peacetime. It was a, a touchy period. Right, very dodgy. For the most part, though, we're still using the militia um, and then the independent companies. And those men were required to procure their own firearms. Usually they use their own hunting tools, okay. like, like those shotguns or rifles, and buy their own gunpowder, their own lead for shot. Um, the magazine was used to support the militia and was also used to create armies. And so typically, you see the peak use for the magazine during any kind of war period, for instance, the French and Indian War. Mm. It was a very busy time for the magazine. Um, so we haven't, we haven't quite gone into a full-blown American Revolution. The magazine, we're getting ready, we're taking inventories of what's there. Uh, we're deciding what we need to buy, what we need to repair. But we aren't to the point where we're building standing armies and equipping those armies with what's stored in the magazine. Twice you've referred to militia and independent companies. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Uh, the militia is controlled by the government. There are militia laws in place that uh, are renewed, usually annually, that determine who's in the militia, what you have to buy if you're in the militia, what kind of fines or physical punishments um, are enforced uh, when you don't buy the right amount of gunpowder or you don't have a working firearm in your home. When Lord Dunmore dissolved the House of Burgesses, essentially he made it impossible for any new laws, including the new militia laws, to be passed. Mm -hmm. So the militia, um, the militia men were still there. They're still interested in preserving peace and order within their own communities, counties, cities. Um, took matters, again, into their own hands and formed what were referred to as the independent companies, kind of like elite militia. You know, they weren't obligated by law to act like a citizen soldier police force. They were there for the protection of their own homes and property and worked as a group um, to help protect each other. Well, so an independent company was a militia after the law ran out. Right, independent of the government. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that makes sense. Uh, independent because they do not answer to the governor. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, uh, they operated as a democracy. Their officers were more figureheads, like chairmen, rather than people with actual rank. Uh, they had a slave rebellion somewhere. 
the independent company would form up, and they'd vote democratically how to best handle the situation. With a militia, the militia captain would say, you, 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 and you, go there and take care of that. Yeah, okay. The, uh, somehow, democracy and an armed force does not spring instantly to mind. You know, it's, that's a difficult concept, I think. It must have been terribly difficult and frustrating uh, for them, um, particularly with the political climate at the time. Back to the boys' company. What would you call them? Milit well, it certainly couldn't be a militia. Were they their own independent company? Essentially, yes. Uh, they govern themselves. No one ever, um, everyone kind of overlooked the removal of those 50 blue trade muskets. And they just let those young men march around and do what they wanted to do. Is there any record that the boys' company was ever uh, in a battle or a fight or a, a, a set to or... Or did they just march around? Not as the boys' company. Um, their captain was named Henry Nicholson, eventually joined um, a cavalry regiment um, and was at Yorktown, the siege of Yorktown, as a cornet player. He was also, uh, I believe, uh, he may have also been the quartermaster, um, the guy in charge of supplies. So he really was interested in the Army. Oh, yes. Um, he remained in the Army um, for all the best accounts that we can come across. He remained until his regiment was either dissolved or he was unable to be in, in the, that regiment anymore. Why, why would you be unable to be in a regiment anymore? Um, for a cavalry reg regiment, there could be a, a number of reasons. Um, first and foremost, uh, perhaps your horse gets shot out from under you. Um, um, there could also be various and sundry um, health reasons. Um, when I don't know actually why he wasn't able to. Uh, just the one or two accounts I've been able to find about Henry is that he was there until either he couldn't be there or he wasn't needed anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you answered my question, right? You, if someone shoots your horse out from under you, it's very difficult to be Ooh, in the cavalry. It's rough. It's You've got to be a fast runner, I guess. <laughs> or you could be. Uh, there are any number of people from the Revolutionary War, though, I've read about who had their horses shot out from under them. That apparently was not an uncommon experience. Mm -mm. It's uh, hard on the horse, but... Definitely. Yeah. And I'm still trying to get into my head uh, that if there's no war, not many people visit the magazine. So the boys' company forced the door, and here's this shotgun that's been there for a couple of months? Perhaps. Um, Dunmore fled Williamsburg in June of 1775. Um, the, the best example of, of people being in the magazine around that, that period of time would, would have been earlier in April when the gunpowder was actually removed mm -hmm. under Dunmore's orders. Mm -hmm. So it could have been there for two months, two, three months. I, uh, I can't let you go without asking you, what do kids want to know from you? Oh, uh, first, uh, I guess the, one of my, my most popular questions is, uh, can I shoot the musket? And when I'm out giving a musket demonstration, you know, I'm not actually shooting bullets, but I'm using gunpowder. It makes a big noise, lots of smoke. Mm -hmm. It stinks. Kids love that. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they yeah. want to stand up and, and shoot the gun. Um, and, unfortunately, in a museum, we just we can't do that. Uh, but the next best thing is letting them hold it mm -hmm. while it's unloaded. Mm -hmm. They get a kick out of that. Yeah. 
So would I. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I will. Uh, <laughs> kids get a big kick out of the magazine and, and coming around and doing things and holding the musket and watching you fire it and uh, bang. How about adults? Adults usually have more experience with firearms, and they want to know. Obviously, they know that they they can't shoot the the gun. I can't give it to them. Let them shoot it. They want to know what it's like. And they want to know uh, about accuracy. Uh, they want to know about speed and loading and firing. Um, and, and those are pretty straightforward questions um, to answer. I mean, it takes 15 seconds to load a musket. Um, the recoil, the kickback on the weapon is a little bit stronger than a 12-gauge shotgun. How accurate is it? Can't hit the broadside of a barn with it. Military firearms, uh, particularly in the, in the 18th century, were built more for speed. And unfortunately... Um, you have to compromise. Um, you get the faster the weapon is in general, the less accurate it is. You have to use a loose serve fitting bullet. We have to push the bullet down through the muzzle. It takes a long time. It's a loose fit. It happens a little bit faster. Um, so maybe you could hit a man-sized target with a brown best musket at 75 yards, but uh, you got to be a very unfortunate target or a very lucky shot or maybe a combination of the two to hit anyone on purpose greater than 75 yards. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear.